Today on Commuter Bible, Jesus continues healing and teaching, focusing on fruitful labor for the Lord, the nature of the Sabbath, and the redemption of those who were once lost. It's Luke chapters 13 through 15 and Ecclesiastes chapter 7. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible podcast to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Our reading today includes a number of notable parables, some of which concern the nature of death and the afterlife. Jesus tells his disciples to enter by the narrow way because the door of God's household will soon be shut and those outside will be turned away regardless of their proximity to Jesus. He compares God's table to that of a nobleman who hosts a banquet, only to be turned down by those he had invited. He therefore invites the weak, the poor, the lame, and those who are far off. Later, Jesus describes the joy in heaven over the lost who have been found and tells the well-known parable of the prodigal son. Luke, chapters 13 through 15. At that time, some people came and reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And he responded to them, Do you think that these Galileans were more sinful than all the other Galileans because they suffered these things? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as well. Or those eighteen that the tower of Siloam fell on and killed. Do you think they were more sinful than all the other people who live in Jerusalem. No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as well. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. He told the vineyard worker, Listen, for three years... I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it even waste the soil? But he replied to him, Sir, leave it this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. Perhaps it will produce fruit next year. But if not, you can cut it down. As he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded by telling the crowd, There are six days when work should be done. Therefore, come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrites, doesn't each one of you untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water. Satan has bound this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for eighteen years. 
Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he had said these things, all his adversaries were humiliated. But the whole crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things he was doing. He said, therefore, What is the kingdom of God like? And what can I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. Again he said, What can I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like leaven that a woman took and mixed into fifty pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. He went through one town and village after another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. Lord, someone asked him, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and won't be able once the homeowner gets up and shuts the door. Then you will stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open up for us. He will answer you, I don't know you or where you're from. Then you will say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I don't know you or where you're from. Get away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place. When you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves thrown out, they will come from east and west, from north and south, to share in the banquet in the kingdom of God. Note this. Some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. At that time, some Pharisees came and told him, Go! Get out of here! Herod wants to kill you! He said to them, Go tell that fox, Look, I'm driving out demons and performing healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will complete my work. Yet it is necessary that I travel today, tomorrow, and the next day because it is not possible for a prophet to perish outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is abandoned to you. I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
One Sabbath, when he went in to eat at the house of one of the leading Pharisees, they were watching him closely. There in front of him was a man whose body was swollen with fluid. In response, Jesus asked the law experts and the Pharisees, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. He took the man, healed him, and sent him away. And to them he said, Which of you whose son or ox falls into a well will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? They could find no answer to these things. He told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they would choose the best places for themselves. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, don't sit in the place of honor because a more distinguished person than you may have been invited by your host. The one who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give your place to this man. And then, in humiliation, you will proceed to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when the one who invited you comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up higher. You will then be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, When you give a lunch or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors, because they might invite you back and you would be repaid. On the contrary, when you host a banquet, invite those who are poor, maimed, lame, or blind. And you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he told him, A man was giving a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, Come, because everything is now ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a field. I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. I ask you to excuse me. And another said, I just got married, and therefore I'm unable to come. So the servant came back and reported these things to his master. Then, in anger, the master of the house told his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and bring in here the poor, maimed, blind, and lame. Master, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, and there's still room. 
Then the master told the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and make them come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, not one of those people who were invited will enjoy my banquet. Now great crowds were traveling with him. So he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me, and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, wanting to build a tower, doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, This man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king, going to war against another king, will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, While the other is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. Now, salt is good, but if salt should lose its taste, how will it be made salty? It isn't fit for the soil or for the manure pile. They will throw it out. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen. the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man among you, who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, He joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who don't need repentance. Or, what woman who has Ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, 
sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the silver coin I lost. I tell you, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. He also said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country, where he squandered his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am, dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it, and let's celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants, questioning what these things meant. Your brother is here, he told him, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back, safe and sound. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, Look, I have been slaving many years for you. And I have never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Son, he said to him, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead 
and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, since that is the end of all mankind, and the living should take it to heart. Grief is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be glad. The heart of the wise is in a house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in a house of pleasure. It is better to listen to rebuke from a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. For like the crackling of burning thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This too is futile. Surely the practice of extortion turns a wise person into a fool, and a bribe corrupts the mind. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. A patient spirit is better than a proud spirit. Don't let your spirit rush to be angry, for anger abides in the heart of fools. Don't say, Why were the former days better than these? Since it is not wise of you to ask this. Wisdom is as good as an inheritance, and an advantage to those who see the sun, because wisdom is protection as silver is protection. But the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Consider the work of God, for who can straighten out what He has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other so that no one can discover anything that will come after him. In my futile life, I have seen everything. Someone righteous perishes in spite of his righteousness, and someone wicked lives long in spite of his evil. Don't be excessively righteous and don't be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Don't be excessively wicked and don't be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp the one and do not let the other slip from your hand, for the one who fears God will end up with both of them. Wisdom makes the wise person stronger than ten rulers of a city. There is certainly no one righteous on the earth who does good and never sins. Don't pay attention to everything people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For in your heart, you know that many times you yourself have cursed others. I have tested all this by wisdom. I resolved, I will be wise, but it was beyond me. What exists is beyond reach and very deep. Who can discover it? I turned my thoughts to know, explore, and examine wisdom 
and an explanation for things, and to know that wickedness is stupidity and folly is madness. And I find more bitter than death the woman who is a trap, her heart a net and her hands chains. The one who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner will be captured by her. Look, says the teacher, I have discovered this by adding one thing to another to find out the explanation, which my soul continually searches for, but does not find. I found one person in a thousand, but none of those was a woman. Only see this. I have discovered that God made people upright, but they pursued many schemes. I'm glad that so many of you are benefiting from the podcast, and I'd be ever so grateful if you'd take a moment out of your day to write a short review of the show on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook. It bumps the show up higher in search criteria and in rankings, which ultimately means more people are going to find it and get into God's Word. So if you like Commuter Bible and want others to enjoy getting more time in the Word as well, make a mental note to write a review later, and just by doing that, you can help us spread the Word. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.